and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek. This issue's cover is on Zydus Cadilla and its ambitious plans to rid India of the COVID-19 scourge. It has set itself a target to come up with a vaccine using a method that is different from what others have tried in the country. More about that in a bit. Joining me on the call to talk about their cover for a second time in a row are Forbes India's Divya Shekhar and Manu Balachandran. Hi guys, good evening. Hi Abhishek. Yep, congratulations on a back-to-back uh, story. So you guys have been working harder than uh, some of your colleagues uh, on a lighter note, but the subject at hand is uh, quite serious. Before we get into it, Zydus Cadilla is, uh, you write, is India's among India's most diversified pharma companies. If, if you could give us a little bit of a glimpse about what are the areas or what are the you know verticals that Zydus Cadilla is in? Zydus as a company... A, they have a market capitalization of about 48,000 crore. These guys are spread across numerous areas. Now, they are in something called Zydus Wellness, which uh, is a diversified, you could call it an FMCG company because they have, you know, products such as Complan, Glucon D, etc., which they have managed to have under their portfolio after they acquired uh, Heinz India sometime in 2019. So that is one part of it, of course. I mean, in, in under Zydus Wellness also comes, you know, your Neutralite and Sugar-Free and, you know, companies like that. They're also into biosimilars. They're also into branded generics. They're also into the animal health and vaccine space as well. You know, unlike many of the other companies, say, say, say for instance, you know, Serum, Serum Institute or Dr. Reddy's, who are also in the whole play as far as COVID-19 vaccines are uh, concerned, Zydus has positioned themselves as a slightly different uh, pharmaceutical company. And also, uh, they have taken a crack at vaccine before as well. Uh, you write about during the swine flu, were they the third to bring out a vaccine in a record 10 months' time? So that was something that Dr. Sharvil uh, referred to. Uh, basically, when the H1N1 pandemic sort of came about uh, 10 years ago, they were the first Indian companies to actually come out with a vaccine for, for the swine flu. They were pretty clear from the beginning itself that they wanted to bring out a vaccine for that. And, uh, you know, amongst all the global companies, they were the first Indian company. And they came out with a vaccine within about a 10 months uh, or so after uh, the flu was first reported. They actually grew this in their facility in Ahmedabad on a live fertilized uh, chicken egg uh, to sort of develop that vaccine. So that actually gave them the confidence to go out and look for a vaccine when, you know, when a crisis of this scale hit this time around, which is what gave them the confidence to actually go out and be one of those Indian guys to develop a vaccine from ground up. What does it take to even start uh, wrapping one's head around developing a a vaccine because not not every pharma company is doing that. It is more like manufacturing a vaccine which has been formulated abroad is one thing, but to develop one's own is another. So basically, uh, at the heart of uh, Zydus's uh, vaccine development uh, gambit is basically the, the, the need to make a vaccine that is uh, affordable and uh, also anything that could easily be redeveloped as and when the coronavirus mutates. So that is also one of the reasons why um, they chose the DNA platform and they are the a company in India currently and I think around uh, in the world there are around uh, eight vaccine candidates around the world who are using the DNA platform. What it takes to develop a vaccine basically is uh, A, you need the know-how, you need to have some kind of a, a, an experience or an exposure in R&D and in vaccine development plus you also need to have some kind of a 
manufacturing capacity and the kind of resources to even manufacture at risk which zydus is now doing and where do they stand in terms of their trials today so they are currently conducting uh, phase 2 trials of their uh, zykov d uh, vaccine candidate mm-hmm. which is the, the dna vaccine they expect to receive the data of their trials by this month actually in december and based on that data they will soon launch the final phase 3 trials with about 30000 uh, people in india if everything goes well and if they meet all the regulatory requirements uh, right. their vaccine a candidate will be ready by march 2021 that's the timeline they've set and uh, in comparison to uh, some of the other vaccines how aggressive a timeline is that even though pfizer has received an emergency use authorization and in india serum institute and bharat biotech have also applied for an eua the trials to measure the efficacy of candidates will keep going on what companies are betting on is that you know given that this is a new virus it will always help if there are efforts to develop more vaccine candidates across various other platforms which is what zydus is also doing so apart from their dna vaccine candidate they are also developing a candidate you know on a measles vector platform even though we do have certain candidates who have currently received emergency use authorization companies believe that uh, it will only be beneficial if they continue with their efforts to bring out a candidate because it will take time for efficacy of any vaccine candidate to be determined indeed because in this case it's the virus itself is about a little more than a year old so we will not know how long can one not be infected again and the other thing abhishek here is that you know i mean when we talk about pfizer moderna or any of them you know it's not very clear when india is going to get those vaccines so it is actually very crucial that we have uh, you know indigenous vaccines being developed i mean whether it's from bharat biotech or you know whether what serum institute is doing so a timeline of march 2021 while it may look ambitious on paper if it uh, works out then obviously it goes a long way in vaccinating a significant population of the world you know which which is in india and and you also write about uh, some of the practical advantages that uh, their approach might have over others zydus seems to be talking about is uh, you know how this vaccine is going to be intradermal compared to you know intramuscular so which will require you know lesser doses to be administered at say a site uh, you know where it's going to be administered at lesser sort of length of the needles and things like that a lot of uh, these vaccines face issues intramuscular vaccines basically face issues like say redness soreness fever etc most of the times because of the injections and the needles what dr sharvil patel says is that intradermal shot will do away with all those kind of complications right uh, it's a good opportunity to talk about their approach itself you very briefly mentioned at the beginning uh, divya that uh, there's is on a dna platform as compared to what others are doing where they are inserting a strand of uh, mrna or messenger rna as they call it inside the cell and the idea there is uh, uh, to help the cell develop an immune response to the virus uh, and theirs is a protein based which means you know back in 77 two biologists had said that a virus is nothing but a, a piece of bad news wrapped up in a protein so that's how uh, our folks like pfizer are are taking that approach how is the dna approach different what happens there 
all these platforms, basically, be it a viral vector, a protein base, DNA base, etc. Ultimately, what they're working towards is basically getting the viral protein into the body so that the immune system can respond. What Zydus Cadilla says is that uh, the DNA vaccine is different in the sense that it doesn't have the kind of rapid response uh, approach that uh, the other vaccine candidates have. So a DNA vaccine in, uh, in that sense, he says that it has a slower and a more sustained response to build immunogenicity over time and over multiple doses. Right. They also have certain drugs. Therapeutic drugs is also something that they're looking at. I think the basic premise of all of this, uh, you know, thought process, and this is pretty similar to what Dr. Redis is also doing, is that uh, we are a large country and it's going to take a long time before this vaccine can be an administered to you know 1.3 billion people so in the meantime you're going to have mild or severe uh, you know cases or uh, covid in people and, uh, you've got to have some sort of mechanism to handle uh, that as well which is why you know they are not shying away from betting on those vaccines as well whether it is you know remdesivir you know regenron and all of that and i think that is a strategy that you know the others are also also falling back on you know because primarily because of the time frame that we are looking at and and you know how long it's going to take to vaccinate uh, people that leads me to the last question of of the podcast is that there are 1.7 billion jabs that uh, will cover all of india would that be is, is what you write you know it's more the merrier as in as many pharmaceutical outfits today are trying either contract manufacturing or trying something of their own like uh, Zydus, does that help the cause? Because it will need an army, unlike a few European countries which have populations of some of our smaller cities. India's challenges are different, scale is different. So is that enough for all pharma companies to make money as well as do good? It's a good thing that uh, we have so many companies who are in the process of uh, developing vaccines and India has always been at the uh, front runner in terms of uh, manufacturing vaccines for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, 60 of all the vaccines manufactured in the world are you know manufactured in India and the difference in, during COVID is that along with manufacturing we have we have also uh, strengthened our research capabilities our development capabilities which Manu said is, is so important during a pandemic like this the challenge here is that um, while it is good that so many companies are uh, developing the vaccine and the development and manufacturing capacity itself is strong at one point our storage and distribution capacity can only take so many vaccines 500 million doses which the government has targeted that's where i think the distribution plays a big role i mean companies like spicer for instance they've set up dedicated wings to actually ensure that the distribution happens in a timely manner so i think the key here is you know more public sector and private sector coming forward to ensure that the vaccine reaches you know whether it's the first mile or the last mile and I think so. Th- this is where uh, all of uh, logistics and supply chain of uh, might will be called into action to, you know, Absolutely. get to places like yeah. Ladakh or even in nooks and corners of the country. The the funny thing is, you know, you can get Maggie at uh, Gaumuk, which is right up there, uh, up north. Uh, so if, if our FMCG firms can uh, put their wares right there, we'll hope that where it is needed, our government and also, as you said, private-public uh, partnerships uh, come through. Absolutely. Companies like Zydus, which sells uh, Glucondi, which like you said, I mean, it could be, you know, in 
in Gomuk. They could have it uh, anywhere else as well. So right. they have a big role to play here. You know, companies like Zydus. Indeed. Uh, Manu and uh, Divya, thank you so much for your time on this podcast. Uh, in the interest of time, we will wrap this up. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Thanks. thanks so much, Abhishek. <laughs> thank you. And all your listeners, you know the drill. Uh, you can find this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast applications. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818. And also look for other podcasts from uh, Forbes India. There's one called Teenpreneur, an interview series with young entrepreneurs. And we also have from the bookshelf of Forbes India, conversations about business, economics, and books. (music) 